Welcome to the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast, your source for everything you need to go from unfocused wantrepreneur to action-taking, money-making entrepreneur. Now, your host, Brian Lofermento. Hey there, and happy Featured Friday to you listening to this. I'm so excited about today's episode, as always, because it's Featured Friday, and I am featuring an incredible guest who, for so many of you listeners, is in a very similar situation. He's just one step ahead. He just obtained his first 150 customers. He just made his first $3,000 in his current launch. And this is a guy, he's really, he's an incredible person, an incredible entrepreneur, and a really innovative thinker, which is why I'm so glad to have him on the podcast today. His name is Jimmy Height. I've known Jimmy for quite a few years. We actually went to college together, crazy enough. Our college was very small. But the cool thing is that On even a small campus, I surrounded myself with amazing people who are doing really cool things and not settling for what society has told us to settle for or corporate America has told us to settle for. So Jimmy's a great guy. He's an entrepreneur, a writer, and a technologist focused on applying emerging technologies to today's challenges. And you're going to hear from him today about how he's handled his most recent launch. So he's launching a book called Jack and Coke. It's his first novel. It's not out yet, but he's already sold 150 copies. He's already made $3,000 from a book that's not even out yet. So in today's episode, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna prep it too much because I just want to dive in because it's really good content. But in today's episode, Jimmy's gonna talk about how he pre-sold three thousand dollars worth of his book, what his outreach strategy was, even though he had an email list of zero people. Yes, literally zero people. How he used one of my favorite strategies in the world, which is video, to personally reach out to people and have close to a 90% conversion rate on people who he messaged to actual orders. So Jimmy's going to reveal a lot of cool things. The most amazing thing about Jimmy's interview today is he is so transparent about all of his metrics, all of his strategies, all of his scripts, all of his templates, and he gave it to the show. He gave it to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast, so if you want to download those, just head on over to the show notes page at thewantrepreneurshow.com. Without further ado, I'm going to dive straight into my interview with Jimmy Height. All right, Jimmy, it is so awesome to have you here on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Not only are you an incredible entrepreneur who's doing big things, but you're a dear friend of mine who went to college together. So, Jimmy, welcome to the show. Brian, absolute pleasure to be here. Let's kick it off. All right, sweet. So I have already prepped the audience about how awesome you are, and I've told them a little bit the pro- about the project that you're up to, which is Jack and Coke. Tell the listeners, like, what the heck are you doing? That's a good question. I'm still kind of figuring that out myself. Um, But yeah, long story short, um, I've always been a writer um, and done a lot of other things, but um, I really wanted to write a novel. And so I just finished up my first novel. It's called Jack and Coke. Took like three years, uh, some uncountable number of hours, all that good stuff. And it's finally live. So that's kind of that's what we're kicking off right now. And I just did a, a, a book launch. I'm doing a crowdfunding campaign to get it rolling. And we're in the midst of that right now. So happy to go whatever direction you want from here. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. One thing that really catches my eye about your story and not when I say story, I don't mean your book, but I mean your launch story and your marketing strategy and all that 
is that you've done something that I preach every single day, which is launch the thing before you've actually created it. Like nothing needs to happen before you launch it. Nothing needs to happen before you start taking orders. And here we are sitting here, you know, the second week of April, and you've already pre-sold 150 copies of a book that's not even out yet. Talk to us about that process. Like how did you already make $3,000 on something that doesn't exist yet? <laughs> yeah. So, right. So currently the novel is, you know, it exists in Microsoft Word, right? Uh, but it's not actually uh, a physical copy yet. So, you know, the way to do it is I think, you know, people that I've kind of understand, you know, they're extremely excited about the story. They buy into what it will be. And if you do a good job of painting uh, what the outcome will be, uh, people are pretty interested to make it actually happen, right? So it's one thing to say, hey, I want to buy this book. But it's a totally another thing to be like, I was part of helping this book actually exist, right? So that's a big hook, right? I'm doing this crowdfunding campaign and every single person who uh, pre-orders a copy is going to be in the book, like in the acknowledgement section. And so people are saying, wow, not only you know, do I actually want to read this story, but I can be part of making it happen. I think that's a pretty powerful draw. Yeah, I love that. And let's back up just a second for people who aren't familiar with crowdfunding. What is crowdfunding and why did you even decide to go the crowdfunding route for the launch of your book? Yeah, so we'll start. So with what is crowdfunding, right? It's essentially with technology, it's really easy instead of to get one person to, uh, you know, buy something as traditionally happens, right? If it's a large amount, like it might take 5,000 bucks to get your book published. Um, it's essentially getting a lot of micro uh, purchases and in aggregate, uh, it it adds up, right? So as opposed to trying to find one person to give me three thousand dollars to make this thing a reality, um, I was able to convince 150 people and, and counting uh, to to give me a much smaller amount, you know, about 20 bucks in order to make this happen. So that's kind of what crowdfunding is, and you know, I'm sure everyone here is familiar with Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Those are kind of the the big time names, but there's also a lot of niche players. You know, there's the the platform I'm using is called Publishsizer, and that's crowdfunding for novels. And then there's a whole bunch of other niche uh, crowdfunding sites. But I think what's probably a little more interesting if any of your uh, audience out there, I'm sure people are writing books and are aspiring authors, if not authors already. And I know, you know, having read your book, uh, getting a traditional publisher is, is awful. It's a terrifying, terrifying, horrendous process, right? Um, so kind of how it works is I'm over-exaggerating a little bit, but you know, you spend, you know, five years writing your book and then you write a hundred letters to an, to an agent. And then after getting told 99 times, that uh, your book is terrible, you get one person to agree to maybe, <laughs> one person maybe gives you a shot, right? And then when you have an agent, then they pitch it to a publisher, and then you write like, like a thousand letters, and then you know 9,999 people tell you no, and then maybe after like 10 years, you get your book published. And with all that, they're saying, hey, we'll give you some money, but we're gonna totally take creative control and publish this book the way we want, and then you end up with Twilight, right? Like it's, <laughs> right, you end up with a mainstream, um, uh, you know, a commercialized mainstream piece. And, uh, you know, I'm over-exaggerating a bit, but that doesn't sound super appealing to me. Uh, I imagine that's probably not the route you wanted to go or anyone who, uh, you know, is kind of an entrepreneur at heart. <laughs> I think that idea of giving up entrepreneur or um, creative control is terrifying. Um, so there's a way to short-circuit it. And thankfully with technology, crowdfunding lets you do that, right? So this public... This uh, platform I'm on, it's called Publishsizer, and what they act as is a broker between you and publishers. So plain and simple, if you get enough interest, 
if you get enough people who say, I want this thing to exist, they take that to the publisher and then the publishers, you know, see that you have this pre-built audience and they come directly to you. So it's a way to go from years to, you know, potentially months. Yeah, I love that. And Jimmy, for the listener out there who is a entrepreneur who has zero customers, they don't know where the heck they're going to find their first customer, never mind their 150th customer. What's your response to them when they're listening to you and I chat about this right now and they're saying, holy cow, like Jimmy already has 150 customers for his book. He's already made $3,000 for his book. How the heck did he do that? What's your response to that, Jimmy? Because I know that you've done a lot and I know that you've hustled and I love seeing it as a friend. I love watching what you've been doing for this launch. What's your answer, though? (laughs) Uh, Well, a lot of trial and error, but I think I could probably relate to a lot of your audience because about, call it three weeks ago, four weeks ago, my email list was zero people, which is not not all that big in terms of getting customers. It doesn't help that much. Um, so it's really about just, and I, I can go through the exact steps that I went through, which, uh, you know, might be interesting, but you know, from the highest level, uh, what I did is I, I sort of said, okay, who cares about me? Who cares about this book? And, uh, I got a few people, sort of a core group of, you know, 10, 15 people to validate this. And then <clears throat> I essentially just built like a sign up page and started uh, making some posts about the book and saying, hey, who wants to opt in here? Like, who's excited about this project? And I just grew that list uh, from zero to 160 in a, in a couple of weeks, just you know, asking people, making a post on Facebook, uh, making a post on LinkedIn, all that sort of stuff. And I just funneled them all into uh, this new uh, launch list that I was calling it uh, a couple of weeks before the book actually launched. And we grew it to like 160 people. And that was the core, right? That was the base of people who wanted in on on making this thing happen. And honestly, it it wasn't difficult in terms of the ask. It was just, uh, it, it really, you know, the term you use, hustle, right? It was all just like, <laughs> if you do it, they will come is, is really the answer. Yeah, and Jimmy, I want you to share publicly, if you, if you don't mind, the conversation that you and I had, because you reached out to me right after you had that list of 150, 160 people, and because you knew that I went through a similar launch process with my own book and then with this podcast, and you asked me, hey, Brian, what do I do with these 160 people? What advice did I give you? What worked from that? What did you learn from that? What didn't work? What were your success metrics? Dude, you take over. It's fun for me to bring guests on because now, <laughs> now you do the real valuable stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I think the, the best thing you know, my assumption was, all right, I have this list of 160 people, right? And uh, of course, they're going to buy the book. They're my friends, they're my family, uh, you know, they're my professional contacts that are, are super into it. And I thought that would be enough. And then when I called you, I said, you know, let's just give Brian a call and see see what he has to say. And I think your words were like, dude, that's not enough. You need to send a personal video to every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, first reaction was, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but then I thought about it. And you had mentioned that, you know, when you sent uh, videos to people uh, that, you know, the, you know, just the level of personalization was, is just so high and the conversion rate's just so high. So I said, okay, you know, I want this thing to be successful, so I'm actually going to do it. And so uh, what I did was I literally just made a list of every single person who was, you know, who had opted in. And I just recorded a video on my phone. It was like 40 seconds of just like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, uh, you know, some sort of personal you know, uh, 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 content, right. You know, we're just catching up like friends because they are my friends and just saying, Hey, look, the book launch is going live tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, you know, whenever I sent it to them, it would mean the world to me if you check it out. Uh, so let me know if you're in. 
And that was it. It was like a 40 second video. And I sent it to you know, literally over 100 people. And I haven't gone through and tracked the exact numbers as of today, but pretty much like 90% of the people that I sent it to uh, ended up getting a book. And you know, maybe most of them would have got it anyways. Uh, maybe 70% would have, but that that extra bump of just getting people to do it was was incredible. Yeah, um, and, and I want to call something out for people who are listening because, Jimmy, I, I give you mad props for this. When Jimmy says that he made individual videos for them, he literally means he made 150 different 40-second videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's really important. Like, uh, <laughs> I think people would see right through that if you if you don't, right? And I got a couple pieces of feedback that I loved from people, so... Uh, a lot of people said, hey, Jimmy, thanks for the personal attention. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I'll see you at the launch. And then the other that I got was, dude, how many of these are you <laughs> making? Right? I got that from a couple people. Just, I feel bad for you because you're making all these. I'm like, yeah, man. But and I, I think I stole your line. I said, what, what doesn't scale is what works the best. <laughs> I think I stole that directly from you. And they're like, all right, whatever. I'll buy a book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that's one thing that you and I talked about on the phone that day, which is when you're starting, don't worry about scale, don't worry about efficiencies, don't worry about processes. All you need to worry about is, hey, you need people to give you money because unless you have people giving you money and buying your stuff, you don't have a real business. So Jimmy, you and I laughed that day about doing things that don't scale. But when you're starting out, dude, I'm so proud of you as a friend and as a fellow entrepreneur because you've made $3,000 because you focused on that. You focused on getting money. And you know what? It's that focus that's making this book a reality. And dude, I'm one of your pre-orders. I can't wait to get my hands on that because you've made it a reality through raising that money. So I love that. What's what's your advice to people about how do you approach people about giving you money? Because I mean, one thing that you've talked about already is the fact that you did hit up friends and people that you know personally and a lot of people that makes them uneasy. Talk to us about that process. Yeah, so uh, I will say that I am. I don't think I've ever said, "Hey, will you buy the book?" Unless it was you know one of my closest friends, because um, that makes me like incredibly uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> so it was sort of about um, helping people believe in the project so much that uh, they were happy to do it. Where when I would just say it would mean the world to me if you check out this campaign, right? They were happy to check out that cam campaign. Of course they bought because they just wanted to wanted it to exist. And so I think there's, uh, I think anyone who's uncomfortable with asking people for money, what you have to ask yourself is say, well, okay, if I'm not gonna do that, then how do I get people to be so excited about this um, that they're just gonna do it uh, as soon as I nudge them, right? Um, and so I guess, you know, I'm implicitly asking people for money without actually saying those words. Um, so that's that's one way. And I think uh, I had a couple strategies to get people to that point, which I'm happy to share if you want to get into the uh, the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, go into that stuff. I'd love to hear it. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, one of the things I did uh, that I thought was, was pretty cool is when I was um, creating the book, uh, I, ha I probably had about 30 people, 30 of my really good friends be editors for the book, right? So they um, I, I shared with them a draft at some point and the book is called Jack and Coke, so I want to get their feedback. So every single person who edited the book, when I got their feedback, the one rule was, one, you have to give me honest feedback, and two, it has to happen while drinking whiskey at a bar. <laughs> so <laughs> I brought every single one of my editors individually to the bar. We bought Jack and Cokes, and you know, we got honest feedback, which 
you know, pro tip, if you want someone to give you honest feedback, just, you know, give them a little bit of alcohol and then it <laughs> releases the tension, which is great. Cause you know, I got some people ripped me to shreds and other people were really supportive and all that sort of stuff. But, um, the, the point is these people, right? These 30 people are my great friends, like actually helped create this book. So of course they're going to want to buy it as soon as they tell them it's available. Right. You know, they're involved in the process. Um, and so that, you know, is obviously not scalable, not only because you have to bring people to the bar and buy them a drink, but also, uh, you know, having people read your book, uh, your, your rough drafts isn't scalable. But something that I did that uh, was kind of similar on a bigger level is uh, when I got my cover art design, um, I had the designer make two, two different covers. And I literally just put it up on Facebook and I said, hey, guys. You know, uh, some of you know, some of you don't. I wrote a novel. This thing's going to be published. I have two covers. Um, vote on which one you like best. And I just put up on Facebook, and I I probably used Facebook like once or twice in the last two years, and those are just happy birthday um, <laughs> to people. And I got over 200 people to vote, just commenting on which picture they liked better. And uh, so when the time came for the launch, you know, the people who had chosen that cover felt like they had a say in uh, what the cover of the book was. So of course they were excited about it as well. So I think those sort of things are good ways to sort of pave the road and, and let people, um, you know, be excited about it. And you don't, you don't even have to ask those people to buy. You just tell them it's available. Yeah, I love that. But Jimmy, I also know, dude, because I know that you've been hustling like a madman to make this thing a success, which every entrepreneur should be doing when they're launching their business. Don't just sit back and say, oh, I launched it. Nobody's responding. Like you have been hustling and i know part of that hustling has been other outreach strategies as well aside from just that personal list of 160 people i know you've been doing some stuff on linkedin talk about some of the other avenues and mediums that you've been exploring yeah <laughs> so i think i wish i had called you about this before too so that way i would have <laughs> messed up so much um but uh I, i've done a couple things that were good and some things that were bad and if anyone's listening they should totally listen to this and then not do those things um but uh, a couple of things that were good is I sort of identified where my audience was. Um, so I'm connected to a lot of people on LinkedIn, uh, a lot of people on Facebook. And so I use those as sort of funnels. And so I talked about my Facebook strategy, but I literally made this LinkedIn post um, that got over 7,000 views, right? And I didn't really do anything special about it. Um, and <clears throat> I didn't even really pitch the book. And so the struggle of how do you create how do you create a pitch uh, for LinkedIn about a novel you wrote when LinkedIn's an inherently professional network, right? That was a real that was a real struggle. So I did some things to tie it back into my network, and I'll I'll actually share that um, the exact script with with your audience uh, later, Brian. If that's something that you think they'd be interested in, yeah, awesome. Um, Send it over. I would be more than happy to put it on the show notes page so people can download those scripts and templates that you've got at theentrepreneurshow.com. Okay, perfect. Because you know, I think that was a big challenge. How do you write about something personal on a professional network and get people to actually care? Um, but one of the things I, I did also was um, I had planned this gigantic Facebook post for the day that the launch went live. I did this sort of soft launch uh, on Saturday, and then I had the big launch day on, on Sunday where the whole world was supposed to know. And I crafted what I thought was this amazing Facebook post, and then I had 15 friends I'd all text them telling them to like and comment on this post within five minutes of it going up because that's how you kind of like, you know, uh, uh, game the Facebook algorithm to get it shared as many times as possible. And I thought I was going to absolutely crush it. Um, but my post 
just kind of fizzled and, you know, no one really beyond the 15 friends uh, that I had like and share it in the first couple minutes even saw it right like brian you probably didn't even see it pop up yeah i did not see it even though you told me to look out for it i did not see it and man i live on facebook (laughs) so here's here's what i think happened um and my mistake um and it was a good problem to have but i did this soft launch on saturday and then the you know a lot of my other friends knew that sunday was like the official launch day and i had so many people sharing the post and like, or they bought the book and then they shared that they bought it. And then I was probably tagged in like 30 different Facebook posts, which was awesome. But each tag got like two or three mm-hmm. likes, right? So there's just this amazing like variety of, of buzz that barely made it onto anyone's network, right? It's better to be concentrated onto one post. Um, so I was like, wow, look at all this buzz. Let me release my post right now and just like carry this thing all the way to the top. Like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg is going to read this thing and, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, it just fizzled and died and no one ever saw it. Right. And I think in hindsight, it would have been better to wait a couple of days for all this buzz to, to wear out and then do a really focused Facebook post because, you know, people always talk about this idea of social capital. And people had already expended it, right? They already liked and shared mm-hmm. and wrote a really nice comment, um, but it was just so diffused that there's no power behind it. So yeah, uh, I, I think that yeah. was the magic word, and I think that's the lesson to be learned here. Is you know you can have a diffused social media outreach strategy, or you can have a concentrated one, and concentrated one is going to win every time. And Jimmy, I just want to share some of the insights that you and I talked about on our phone call a couple weeks ago so that the audience kind of knows what the heck are we talking about when we talk about the Facebook algorithm. So every time you make a post on Facebook, Facebook asks, do people care what Jimmy says? Like when, when Jimmy posts a picture of himself, who likes that content? Because we're going to try to show it to people who care about that. And so, Jimmy, you talk about social capital, and I love that term because we all have social capital. Some of us have a lot. Some of us have a little. We've all got some sort of social capital. And so Facebook makes assumptions every time we post about who will care about this. Let's make sure we get it in front of them. So, Jimmy, the interesting thing about what you did was when you made your big post that you thought was just going to catch on like wildfire – I'm curious who those 15 people that you texted were because if Facebook looks at your post and it says, well, 15 of Jimmy's college buddies looked at this, then they're going to assume it has something to do with your college circle of friends, your college sphere of influence, and they're going to show it only to similar people like that. Like, for example, I know that when I make a post about family and my mom likes it and my sister likes it and my sister-in-law likes it and my brother likes it, then Facebook's going to assume, well, okay, if all of these low fermentos are liking this post, it's probably family related. So we're going to show it to his cousins and his aunts and his uncles. So talk about that. Like who were those 15? (laughs) Yeah. So I actually, uh, give me a little credit. I actually thought about that. Um, so I made a list of my most important networks. So I had, uh, family, college, graduate school, uh, professional, and then friends. And so that's five networks. And I had two or three people from each network, right? Um, and so my thought was if I can get as many different people with as diverse networks as possible, like things going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think even with that, the diffusion, I think, kind of uh, kneecapped it. So uh, give me a little bit of credit. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, trust me. I know that you understand the algorithm. So I, it's probably insightful for other people to listen to this because that sort of thought process that you used is right. And that's often overlooked. So I love the fact that you sat down and thought about that. 
So what so, other outreach strategies were you using? So we've talked about Facebook, we've talked about LinkedIn, we've talked about your personalized videos. Were there any other ways? Because, and I'm gonna say it again, I've said it a couple times this episode, but dude, you just went from zero customers to 150 people that not only believe in what you're launching, but they took their credit cards out. How else did you do that? <laughs> right, so uh, one of the things that we did, and this might be tough to replicate, uh, I'm actually in graduate school right now, I'm getting my MBA, and uh, we and we also live in, uh, we're currently in Scottsdale where it's like always 90 degrees, and so <laughs> one of my friends, so I, let me back up one second, the amount of people who cared and were excited absolutely blew me away. Like my classmates were just like, hey, when's it coming out? Like, what can we do? I was like, oh, guys, just, you know, show up at the launch. And one of my friends said, no, we're going to throw you a launch party. And so we had this pool party on the, the day before the launch. And, uh, you know, the book is called Jack and Coke, right? So we had a bunch of Jack and Cokes and, uh, and we just got, you know, 50, 60 people together and just had a blast. And that went a long way in, you know, that thing, you know, everyone who was there had a great time. Um, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily about the book. It was just we were having a party and Jimmy's book happens to be launching tomorrow and everyone's just having, a, you know, an awesome time. So that was that was big in terms of getting people excited. And everyone was sort of part of the experience. So I think that's uh, that's one that's a little hard to replicate, but one that's easy to replicate and that I'm actually working on right now is I'm trying to identify all my networks, the little pockets that I'm sort of associated with. So like, uh, you know, Bentley uh, University alumni, right? Um, or things like uh, journalism students, because my book, the lead character is a journalist at ASU, which is where I go to grad school, or faculty at my grad school who might be interested in supporting a book that, you know, one of their students is writing. So reaching out to a key influencer in each of those networks and saying, hey, like, I'm doing this, you know me, like, um, I know you, uh, and I bet, and you like my book, so I bet a, a few of your other colleagues who are like also alumni or also faculty members or also journalism students might like it too, you know, meet a lot of you, share it. And, you know, you're not gonna get a big bang, but each of those is like two, three people, and if you do two of those a week, uh, two of those a day over a week, you know, you're talking 30, you know, 15, 20 new customers. Yeah, I love that. Dude, that is a very powerful outreach strategy right there. So if you just listen to what Jimmy said and you just said, holy cow, like that's too simple, rewind and listen to it again because it is that simplicity and that natural multiplier effect that gets you a lot of outreach. So Jimmy, I love that you said that. And I mean, you've shared so many incredible insights on today's episode. I'm going to switch gears. And Jimmy, you probably didn't know that I was going to do this. And when I say that, I mean, you definitely didn't know that I was going to do this. But I am a huge believer in mindset. I mean, every Monday episode of this podcast is Mindset and Motivation Monday. So Jimmy, I just want you to, to peel back the, the layers of the onion right now. Dude, there must have been certain times in this journey where you woke up and you said, nobody cares about this book. Nobody's going to buy the book. Who the heck am I to write a book? Like, I went to some business school and, and majored in finance and learned about that. Why am I now writing a book? Talk to us about some of those mindset struggles. Have you had those moments where you just wanted to pack it in? Just talk about that. Yeah. So I think there's two pieces here, and we won't talk about the first one very long, but it's worth mentioning, especially because you're an author, too especially when you're writing a novel, like the creative process is the work, like 
I would highly recommend no one ever does it, <laughs> right? It's like you write it, you're like, wow, this is great. And then you take a step back, you're reading, like, I can't believe I just produced, like, a, a monkey at a typewriter could have produced randomly a better thing, right? And then you just do that process, like, every, every like, couple months for, like, three years, right? So, um, so there's definitely that struggle. And then once you finally get to a place you're happy with, you're like, oh, it's done. And then you're like, oh, wait, now I need to sell it. It's not done. Um, but <laughs> to answer your question, uh, directly, uh, yes, right. So at the launch party, uh, when I first launched the VIP list, right, um, it was incredible. I was like, wow, like I got to 100 so fast, right? And I was like, this thing's going to the top of the world. Like I'm so excited. And then the next day, right, I did this Facebook post and it didn't work at all. And I was like, wow, no one actually cares. Like only my only my closest friends. And, you know, and family, you know, cared like, you know, like my dad barely bought a book, right? You know, like that's <laughs> a, <laughs> so <laughs> like, uh, I definitely went through that and it's really this constant, you try it and it works and you feel good. Then you try something else and it doesn't work and you feel bad. And then you don't want to keep trying anymore, but you know, you have to. So then you try it again and again and it might work and might not work. And it's just like this little mini roller coaster that you're just constantly up and down on. Um, and I wish I could say I'm just supremely confident in what I'm doing. Um, but you know, I think in aggregate, I'm, you know, I'm doing a thousand things and you know, 55% of them seem to work and that seems to be good enough. Yeah, I love that. And one thing that's hidden beneath everything that you just said is that all this stuff that sucks, all this stuff that makes you say, oh, it didn't work, I wanna quit, that is the stuff that makes most people quit. And Jimmy, and, and I guess this is my mini pep talk to you at the end of this episode. <laughs> Dude, all that stuff that makes you want to quit, like take solace in the fact and take pride in the fact that it makes everybody else quit. So dude, if you're the only one that comes out on the other side and you're the only one that powers through all that crappy stuff and, and gets to the other side where the book is launched and it's a bestseller, then you will be the one that reaps those rewards. So let that stuff, I always say that obstacles and challenges, challenges create scarcity. Because they do, because everybody else quits. Be that guy or be that girl who powers through that and comes out on the other side. So Jimmy, dude, I've got so much respect for everything that you're doing because you are powering through that and I know how hard it is to put yourself out there and constantly wonder, will people care about this? Will they judge me for this? Will this actually resonate? Is this, is this something that's real or is this my fantasy? So dude, mad kudos to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, man. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it a lot. Um, you know, uh, I'm all in, right? You know, this is it's an exciting time. And, uh, you know, one of the things, too, for uh, your listeners, uh, I'd love to give uh, them a little bit of bonus. It sounds like you're going to be able to put up some of the uh, the, the scripts that I used and, and that sort of thing that I thought was really successful. So hopefully they can learn from that. Um, but also, you know, if you check out jimmyheight.com slash book, uh, It'll bring you right to the uh, to the pitch page. You know, take a look, decide for yourself if it's worth your time. You know, I think entrepreneurs will actually really like the story, but you know, that's not the time or place right now. But you know, if you do like it, shoot me a message, um, and I'll give you the VIP bonus. It's already sold out, but um, you know, why not, Brian? <laughs> I think you got a lot of good people in your audience, so uh, happy to happy to pay it forward. Heck yeah, dude, Jimmy, I totally love that. Totally appreciate it. And for everybody who's listening, you can find all the information that Jimmy's talking about over on the show notes page at thewantrepreneurshow.com. And Jimmy is being generous enough to share his scripts and his templates. But for those of you who listen in your cars or listen on the go or listen at the gym, Jimmy's website is Jimmy, J-I-M-M-Y, 
Hight, which is H-A-I-G-H-T dot com slash book. We'll take you straight there. So, Jimmy, thanks so much. Is there anywhere else that listeners should go to learn more about you and, and witness this product launch for themselves? You know, I, I think that's the spot. Um, those JimmyHeight.com's got all the other information you might want. But uh, look, anyone who's interested, hit me up. Happy to share, um, you know, my experiences, my uh, failures, and what hopefully will be some success. And you know, uh, if I can help anyone's journey be a little bit easier, then I think <laughs> that's time well spent. So, uh, Brian, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and hopefully this helps your listeners. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jimmy. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.